This is Alan Johnson, pastor of Old Peachtree Presbyterian Church in Duluth, Georgia. The Bible is God's Word. It describes itself as living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Therefore, any encounter with the Bible is a momentous thing because it never leaves us unchanged. My prayer for you as you hear this message is that the Holy Spirit will use it in your life to inform your mind, to feed your soul, and to help you grow in your faith in Christ. Please take your Bibles and turn with me back to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. Luke, chapter 2, we'll look uh, this time at verses 8 through 14, which follow the, the New Testament reading that we looked at just a little while ago. Luke, chapter 2. I hope all of you had a great Christmas morning so far. Of course, you know there are some churches that uh, didn't have service on this particular Sunday because it was Christmas Day. You know, on the one hand, my thought is, well, it was Sunday first. Uh, but on the other hand, what better day to, to come and worship the Lord uh, when when the Lord's Day falls on a Christmas or vice versa uh, than to come and uh, think about and celebrate the birth of Christ? That's what we want to look at this morning, particularly from verses 8 through 14. So please give close attention to the Word of God. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Give thanks to the Lord for his word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do give thanks to you for your word and for this passage, a passage that is so well known, and Lord, for good reason, because it, it describes the birth announcement, the angelic birth announcement of baby Jesus. And Father, as we uh, receive that announcement from the pages of Scripture to us today, we pray that you would bless our time of study uh, as we look at your word. Father, open our eyes and let us hear the message of the angels. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. What makes an angel happy? Kind of a hard question to answer in, in one sense, because while the Bible speaks a great deal of angels, it really doesn't tell us a whole lot about angels. You think about angels, you run into a lot of unanswered questions, or at least tentatively answered questions. Uh, there are a few places that are specific. One is in Hebrews, uh, there at the end of chapter 1, where it speaks of Christ's superiority to the angels, and ends by asking the question, are not angels ministering spirits sent by God to serve those who will inherit salvation? So in some way, angels are sent from the throne of heaven to serve, to minister on behalf of us. The people of God, those who have believed in Christ. 
Uh, and so certainly we're thankful for that. We Even there, we don't know exactly what forms that service, that ministry might take to us. We can think maybe of some ways, but don't know for sure. Uh, but the Bible is very specific. They, they serve on behest of the Lord uh, on behalf of us, who are God's people. But if you just look at the Scriptures, you, you sort of see what angels do. And we tend to, we tend to be happy doing the things that we're meant to do, that we, that we were created to do. That's why it's important seeking the Lord for His calling on your life. What is it the Lord has called you to do? Because we tend to be happiest doing those things that the Lord has called us and therefore equipped us to do. Well, if you look at angels, the very word itself, uh, in, in Greek has the basic meaning of messenger. Uh, that's where you run into, in Revelation 2 and 3, some difficulty when it says to the angel of the church at Ephesus. What does that mean? Uh, should that word be translated to the messenger of the church in Ephesus? The word could be rendered that way. The basic meaning of the word angel is messenger. And so as you look at the pages of Scripture, what do you see angels typically doing? Well, sometimes like Isaiah 6, you see them worshiping. But across the board, what you see angels doing the most is being messengers, is showing up with a message for someone else. And we saw that, uh, looked at that recently with Gabriel, who comes to Zacharias the priest uh, in Luke 1, delivers the message of uh, the, the uh, birth of his son John, in fact tells him to name, name the child John. Uh, Angel Gabriel also appears to Mary uh, and announces to her that she is going to conceive and bear a son and uh, he would be Jesus. He would be the Messiah. And and certainly many, many other places we see angelic appearances delivering a message to someone from the Lord. So what makes an angel happy? Well, I suspect what makes an angel happy is serving that function of being a messenger, of delivering a message. Now, as we look at this passage today, we're going to see something that I think really made the angels happy uh, and therefore should make us happy as well. Several things here I want to look at. First of all, if an angel delights to be a message bearer, that's their calling, and that's what they do, then I think it made the angel happy to be the bearer of good news. Now, we all like to be the bearer of good news. You may not always like to be a messenger, but it's really fun to be a messenger when we are, you know, bearing good news to someone. Uh, honey, you'll never believe it, but I just won the lottery, you know, something like that. We can't wait to tell somebody. Or even better, more importantly, I remember, perhaps you remember as well, the experience of walking down the hall, meeting parents, and saying, it's a boy. You know, walking down the hall, meeting parents and saying, you know, Rebecca is here. Um, you've had that experience. Many of you have had that experience as well, to be uh, the, the, the messenger bearing good news of the birth of a child. Well, that's what the angels had here. That's what this angel had, to be the bearer of good news. Now, there's something unusual here, because the angel appears to these shepherds. Now, shepherds, um, reflect, in a sense, the very humility of Jesus' birth. Being born, no room in the inn, born, uh, placed in a manger. Uh, the humility throughout this passage is amazing. In fact, if you go back uh, earlier into verse 7, down through this passage, three times it's mentioned Jesus was placed in a manger. Uh, in, in 
Biblical narrative repetition is important. Three times it said he was placed in a manger. And in keeping with that, shepherds who were definitely on the lower strata of society are the recipients of this birth announcement. They were out keeping watch over their flock. It's night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them. But it doesn't just say the angel of the Lord appeared to them and they were afraid. It says the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Now, I looked, I went through and tried to trace this out, and I don't find any other place in Scripture where an angel appears to deliver a message to someone, and it said that the glory of the Lord was, was radiant, was shining in that place. And I think part of that had to do with just the nature of the message. Part of it had to do with the fact it was dark. But I think part of that had to do with just the sheer joy in bringing this announcement to the shepherds, the announcement of the birth of a baby. And you'll notice what the angel says. The angel appears to them, and he's got this good news. And it, of course, they're, they're afraid, terrified, and the angel immediately calms them. Fear not, don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news. That's what the word gospel means, good news. I bring you the gospel, the good news of a great joy. Now, we tend to, at least I do, when I hear that, I tend to think that it's going to make people happy. And it will. But I think the angel is expressing some of his own emotions here. This is good news of great joy to me, the angel is saying. But certainly to all who hear it, to all who receive it, that will be for all the people. Uh, this, this offer of the Messiah and the grace that he brings for all the people. And you know, even those who don't receive the Messiah to this day benefit from his work, benefit in a general way, not a saving way, but a general way because of what Christ has done in the world. I remember reading a book some years ago. It was written by the late D. James Kennedy, What called What If Christ Had Never Come? and talks about all of the good that Christ and his people have done in this world, in education, in medical care, and in all these other areas uh, that, that may well not even be there at all if Christ had not come. But this will be, he says, for all the people. To be the bearer of good news makes an angel happy. Because angels bear messages. And to bear good news, I think, would make an angel happy. But there's more than that. In second place, not just bearing good news, but bearing the best news of all. Look at verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Now, this, this, this verse is uh, a model of journalistic comprehensiveness. He gives here the what? What's happened? Well, there's a birth born this day. When was he born? Born again this day. Where? Where did this happen? In the city of David. Well, Bethlehem, okay. Uh, who? A Savior. Who is Christ? That is the Messiah, the Lord. See, the angel had the joy of announcing to the shepherds the best news of all. Now, we think about how long that promise of the Messiah had been in being fulfilled and how long God's people waited and waited and waited to hear news that the Messiah had come. But think about it from an angel's point of view. How long the angels had waited and waited and waited until they could go and deliver the message that the Messiah long awaited, long anticipated, perhaps sometimes doubted, the Messiah was born. He had come. The best news of all. Now, what makes an angel happy? Well, to be the bearer of good news, to bear the best news of all, 
but apparently also to send the shepherds on a treasure hunt. Look at verse 12. This will be a sign for you. Notice what the angel did not say. Here, let me take you there. I'll show you the way. He doesn't say that. He said, I'll point you in the right direction. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby, reasonably enough, wrapped in swaddling cloths, as the ESV has it. Uh, That may jar against, if you're familiar with the King James, the swaddling clothes. But actually, it was probably cloths taken and just wrapped tightly around the child to keep him warm. So far, um, the sign is not overly helpful. You'll find a baby, plenty of those, wrapped in swaddling cloths, standard, standard operating procedure for a baby, lying in a manger. Okay, that's a departure. That is unusual, uh, highly unusual, and that really is the sign. A baby wrapped up to keep him warm, but this baby is lying in a manger. Uh, and so there's the, the second time. Uh, that this has been mentioned. Uh, the third time is in verse 16. Uh, the angel doesn't lead them there. He points the way. He gives them directions. And the angels respond to it. We can jump down to verses beyond our text, specifically to verse 15 and following. The angels went away from them into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord's made known to us. And so they do. I like uh, saw in a, a, a uh, John Piper tweet this past week. And actually, I think he it was not original with him. I think he had copied it from somebody else because he gave him credit with their name next to it. Basically said what the shepherds did was make, make haste, make known, and make merry. Verses 15 and 16, they make haste. They don't dawdle. They don't just wait till morning, but they get ready and they take off. They make haste, found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. There's the third time. That expression occurs, that he's lying in a manger. Verse 17, they made known. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. They didn't keep it quiet. We're going to talk. We're going to tell what had happened. The appearance of the angel and, and the baby had been born, the Messiah. And then verse 20, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they'd heard and seen as it had been told them. They made merry, and they worshiped God and gave thanks to him. And certainly, uh, as we celebrate Christmas, we could do much worse than to respond the same way that the shepherds did. To make haste, to come to Christ, uh, to, to make Christ known, and then to make Mary, to celebrate and worship, glorify God for his grace. So it seems it makes the angel happy to send the shepherds on a treasure hunt, to go and find this baby who had been born. But then perhaps what makes angels happiest of all is to glorify God is to worship God. And so we see in verses 13 and 14, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host. Now, you need to understand, we we may have in our minds this picture that there was this vast host announcing this. It doesn't say that. It says an angel. Now, there was the glory of the Lord all around, but it just says there was an angel. And then at this point, a whole lot of angels show up multitude of the heavenly host. you got to wonder, again, as you speculate on angels, how angels interact with one another. I mean, was there like some process that the one who got to make the announcement was selected? You know, were the others disappointed that they didn't get to make the announcement of the birth of the Messiah? Well, the angels are sinless, so of course there was no jealousy. Uh, no, they probably, in fact, all, all because they're sinless, probably all said, well, not me, let, let someone else do it. Let someone else have that joy, that satisfaction. 
So I suspect it probably worked more in that way. However, at this point, they just could not restrain themselves, apparently, and they all show up, and it says that they praise God and then tells us specifically what they say. It doesn't say they were singing. It just says this is what they said. They maybe, maybe they were singing. Certainly would make sense. Maybe they were shouting. We don't know. It doesn't say. It does say they were just saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. It goes in two directions. The birth of Jesus brings glory to God because it is God's faithfulness, God keeping his promise, because it is this major step forward in God's plan of salvation for his people, that the one who would accomplish it has now been born into the world. But then it also has an earthward focus. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now, again, if, you've, if you grew up on the King James and are familiar to hearing, hearing it that way, this sort of jars a little bit. because we, we hear peace, goodwill toward men. But it's a little bit difficult to translate, and it doesn't just mean good for everybody, although in a general way it does work out that way somewhat, but basically saying good for, the, for God's people, for those whom Christ came to save, for those who will receive him, for those who will believe in him. And so that's the angel's celebration. They finally just, because they delight to worship God and glorify God, having announced what they did, almost as if they can't contain themselves, they just break out into the worship of God and the declaration of the good that this is going to bring to this dark, broken planet. Well, the birth of a baby is a joyous event. When that baby is the long-awaited Messiah, the joy is all the more. You know, the interesting thing for the angels is that their joy is rooted in, in the glory of God. It's not rooted in any, in any benefit they themselves are going to receive. Angels are not fallen. Angels are not sinners. They are, themselves are not in need of salvation. They are not in need of redemption. But their joy in announcing the birth of Jesus is rooted in the fact that it brings glory to God. How much more should we have a double joy? who have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because, yes, our concern is for the glory of God, and we should rejoice that God keeps his promises and that God sent a Savior into the world as he said that he would. But our joy, compared to the angels, is all the more in that we, in our sinful, fallen condition, separated from God, are the recipient, recipients of the, the work that this baby was born to do. The angels don't benefit from the saving work of Christ. We do. So if the angels are rejoicing, how much more should we rejoice? Because not only is God glorified, but then we who have believed in him are saved. We have all the more reason for joy in that we are recipients. You've believed in Christ of this great salvation. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. On this Christmas day, may the joy of angels be yours. Let's pray. Father, we cry out with these angels, glory to God in the highest, gloria in excelsis dea. Father, we praise you and exalt you, give thanks to you for your grace in sending your son into this world. Father, pray that we would have hearts that receive him, 
that believe in him. And Lord, while we celebrate all of the various aspects that go into Christmas, the cultural and uh, and, and cultural uh, and, and commercial even aspects of Christmas. Father, may we never lose sight of the fact that it is about Christ. It is about your grace. And Father, that we would celebrate all the more for belonging to you, knowing you in him. Father, fill us with joy, the joy of who you are, the joy of what you have done, the joy of all that is ours in Christ Jesus forever. And we pray in his name. Amen.